to the New Era Leafs podcast, a new show with the New Era Network. Or, sorry, New Era Hockey Network. Oh man, what a great way to start a new a new a new podcast. Uh, anyways, uh, so I am one of your hosts, Joey Kanji, and I will let my other co-host introduce himself. I don't want to be rude and do it for him. Hi, I'm uh, Jack Pine or Gordon. Um, yeah, and my Twitter at is at Ride the Pine eighty nine on Twitter, and Joey's is. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Kanji ninety eight, and also uh, follow the show on Twitter. We are. Um, wow, I am not prepared at all. <laughs> uh, we are at New Era Leafs on Twitter, so. Before you do anything, go give all those a follow to interact with us. And uh, before we get into stuff, let's uh, give you a backgrounder on us. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, My name is Joey Kanji. As I said before, I am currently a writer, editor, and podcaster for New Era Hockey Network. Um, And I cover the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, you can also find me on a website, a basketball website, if you're into basketball, uh, Crown Hoops. I do a lot of basketball writing for them, some editing as well. And I'm on two other podcasts as well. If you're into, if you're a general sports fan, check out, um, uh, I'm going to shout out my, my own show, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Takes from the Nosebleeds. You can find us anywhere you find podcasts, uh, more general sports, pop culture discussion, and for all Toronto sports talk. Be sure to check out uh, Queen City Roundup. Yeah, and I've even been on a few episodes. He he has filled in for me a few times because life gets in the way sometimes, you know. Yeah, and and I'll introduce myself as well. Uh, like talk a little bit about myself. So, uh, like Joey, I'm also a writer and podcast host on New Era Leafs. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I do right now. Um, haven't went up to editor or anything like that just yet. Don't really have uh, the experience with that. So I've just been doing the writing and, like I said, the podcast hosting. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to speak for both of us here, but with this show, we plan to give you an in-depth look of the Toronto Maple Leafs at least once a week. We're still trying to work on the schedule, but it'll probably be once a week. We'll we'll look at what happened in the games prior. Uh, we'll look ahead, do in-depth analysis and uh and it we'll we'll try to make things different. We we are trying to not be like the mainstream sports media like Sports and TSN. We will be really analytical, use a lot of statistics to support our claims. Uh I'll let uh I'll let Gord go in and uh and uh, speak for himself what he what he's gonna bring to this podcast but yeah um for me you can expect just a lot of like level-headed uh level-headed takes to kind of like ease you guys back like i'm not a fan of like outrage culture and all that like you see on twitter like like uh the leafs lose and then like every like you see the timeline just freaking out i'm not a fan of that i'm more level-headed and all that so you can expect that from me yeah, I like to think I'm pretty similar uh, overall, at least. Uh, I don't know. I might be biased there, but I like to think I have a pretty level-headed takes. Um, overall, I'm also going to be digging into a lot of the analytics of players and things like that and 
obviously day with deals and things like that. And, you know, just, yeah, I'm pretty much just going to be doing the same sort of deal, you know, breaking into uh, how the Leafs are playing and just things like that uh, in general. Um, we might also do a little bit of some prospect stuff. Uh, we're probably also going to be bringing on some people as well, um, sure. just around the site and things like that to talk more in depth on certain topics that we, you know, cause you can't know everything really. So, uh, so some people, you know, who are bigger into prospects, we might bring them on um, and things like that. So yeah, uh, we're, we're going to try and, you know, bring on some guests every now and again, but for the most part, at least for now, it's going to be uh, me and Joey. Yeah. And uh, I think this is a pretty ideal time to begin a new show, considering that there, we have a trade deadline to talk about and a pretty active one for the Toronto Maple Leafs at that, especially compared to last season. Yeah. Even the last few years. Yeah. They've been pretty, uh, they've kept most of their moves to like a month before and then maybe did like a small little thing at the day of like Parlin last year. For, uh, <laughs> yeah. For uh, Nick Patan. Yeah. Parlin old for Nick Patan. I think, wasn't Marchment for Mulligan a deadline move? Uh, I think that was like a week or two before, if I remember correctly. That feels yeah. like an eternity ago. Yeah. It does. I, yeah. I think that was only 2020, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it feels no I'm not way. sure. I think it was, to be honest. I'm not sure though. I yeah, but yeah, it, it it does feel like it was forever ago. Anyways, enough about Nick Patan. We can we can debate that another time when there's nothing to actually talk about. Uh let's dive into some of the moves that the or all the moves that the Leafs made. Um I know that you were really excited about the Riley Nast deal that happened, I guess it was last week. Um Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's when it was. It was on Friday. So I'll let you start. Uh, give your thoughts on the Riley Nash deal. Uh, okay, so actually first I'll just kind of say all the details of it. Um, so the Leafs acquired Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets for a conditional seventh round pick in 2022. The condition on that pick being that if uh, Riley Nash appears in a quarter of the Leafs' 2020-21 playoff games, um, the pick will upgrade to a sixth. Um, so it's kind of far away. It doesn't really matter that much. It uh, doesn't really matter to this team, at least. Um, I really like it, actually. First, I mean, from the cap uh, implications of it, the Leafs can throw them on LTIR. Uh, for now, at least, it kind of helped them, you know, make some of the other moves we'll talk about later on uh, as well. Uh, one really good thing about it is um, he's really good defensively. Uh, he can play center wing, so he, he can just pretty much slot in all over the lineup. Um yeah, I, I really like it if he does come back in the playoffs. I think he's out for about six weeks and the playoffs start in about four or five weeks. So there might be some missing games in there, but if he does end up coming in, uh, it could be really useful. He could be a really useful player for them. Yeah, what, what I like about it is obviously throw him on LTIR and you get the extra cap space that that comes with. Uh, I'm not a genius on that. that. That stuff is too complicated for me. All I know is that it leads to more cap space for the Maple Leafs, which is very good. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, he's a very solid defensive forward, which is a department that the Leafs can use the help in, especially in the playoffs, I found. like uh, The Leafs played mm-hmm. against Riley Nash their last, uh, their last three playoffs. No. Was it? No, they played it. Well, it was in 2017-18 against Boston and then last year in the bubble. And he was just a pain to play against. Like He's just like a he, – he can just shut it down. And getting him that you can slot into like a third or fourth line role uh, somewhere in the bottom six just to like 
uh, take pressure off of the top two lines in terms and just have them focus on offense. Uh, that's a, something that this team really needs. I think he'll be a good fit. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't end up playing a game, he's done his job by helping the Leafs make other moves. Yeah, exactly. And um, one thing that I think is a pretty big uh, theme, I guess, with this trade deadline is uh, the fact that like every move that the Leafs made just gave them a bunch of options and added depth and things like that. Um, you know, and, and Nash is a really good example of that. You know, like you were mentioning, he can slot in third, fourth line. He can play in the shutdown role, play more sheltered minutes, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think that it's a really good move overall. Um, and yeah, and, and, and I think the depth and the versatility that it brings to the lineup is uh, is really valuable. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, there's no such thing as having too many centers. Like, they can they're versatile. You can put them anywhere, and the good ones at least are are defensively responsible. Yeah, exactly. which in the which in the playoffs it. <laughs> Excuse me. Which in the playoffs is something that uh, a team like the Leafs can really use. So, so, and all the cost is a seventh or sixth round pick, depending on what happens. So, so yeah, this is nothing but a positive move for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, did you want to move on to the big one? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, did you want to say the details, or did you want me to? Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you do them. I know you have them up in front of you. Okay. Awesome. So basically um, I'll just say the whole trade. I'll just list it all out. So basically uh, the Leafs ended up acquiring um, Nick Foligno or one sec. We might actually have to edit that part out. So Columbus sent Nick Felino to the San Jose Sharks, um, which Columbus had already retained half of Nick Foligno's salary. Uh, San Jose ended up retaining another 50% of that 50%. So the Leafs got 25% of uh, Nick Foligno's cap it. Um, so, and then obviously San Jose sent him as well as Stefan Nason to the Leafs. Um, and all the Leafs paid to San Jose was a fourth round pick in 2021. Um, and then of course, also paying a first in 2021 to Columbus and a fourth in 2022. Um, did you want to give your thoughts on this first or? Yeah. Um, I want to start by saying I love the player, Felino. I think he mm-hmm. fits in perfectly with what the Leafs are trying to do. I really think that Dubis wants to build like a third line being a shutdown line to to take pressure off of the top two lines and have them just focus on generating offense. Um, that's what I think that this move does for the Leafs. And like like you said about the versatility earlier, like Felino, someone could put him in the top six, bottom six. Uh, he And he, he'll be a useful player no matter where you put him in the lineup. But... Uh, but um yeah anyways <laughs> sorry lost my train of thought someone sent me a text that came up on my computer somehow <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> um yeah but uh uh I, I will say i do think it is a slight oh not a slight i think it's an overpayment for sure um but if at the end of the day it makes the leafs better which is the most important thing and i'm not gonna get too uh, upset about a first round pick in one of the weakest drafts in the last decade, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I agree actually. Um, and, and, and that's the thing, right. Is, uh, so obviously it is an overpay. Of course, we'll just get that out of the way. Yes. Yeah, so um, we all agree on that. 
Yeah, even like, like yeah, I haven't seen anyone say that it was a good fair value trade, except maybe some of the some of the baghead guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, other than them, yeah, like it, it's very clearly uh, an overpay, um, especially when you look at like what Taylor Hall got and things like that this year. Um, definitely an overpay, but yeah, I just. Sorry. Yeah. I just from, um, pretty much, sorry, fuck. I completely lost my train of thought there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much to piggyback essentially what you off, what you said, um, yeah, he can play third line. He can play your bottom six, top six. He can play everywhere. Um, he can play penalty kill. I could even see him playing some power play minutes as well. Sort of like a net front, you know, grindy type presence, like what Hyman plays in Simmons play on the power play. Um, so I just think that he's really good. Um, there was something else I wanted to add. Uh, I can't really think of it right now, but yeah. I and oh, also St- uh, Stefan Nason, I think is how you say his yes. name. He uh, he's probably just going to be an AHL player, but I mean, regardless, it's it, it's a guy who can give the Leafs depth, um, and I, I kind of like that. I, I think it's really low key, uh, sort of part of that. You know, it is a player who does have NHL games under his belt, and you know, has played uh, over 200 games over the last like seven years. I was looking into it, um, and so yeah, you know, it's someone that if you get a couple injuries, you can throw him in the lineup. But uh, for now, he's I assume just going to go down to the Marlies. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, like I said, like it's someone who can play in the NHL if you're in a pinch and mm-hmm. it's more depth at the center position, which ooh, he's a center, right? I'm um, pretty sure. I'm not sure. Anyways, no. it's it's forward depth at the end of the day, which is, uh, w- which is a good thing. Uh, no such thing as too much depth. Yeah, exactly. And oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, I do know what I was going to say now. Um, so the Leafs have over the last few drafts, especially under Dubas, they, they've built up a pretty good pool. They've pretty much restocked the exactly. cupboards. They have yeah. a bunch of defensive prospects, a bunch of forward prospects, a bunch of goaltenders, you know. You have uh, even earlier in the, earlier last month, uh, you acquired Veni Vivalainen. He's a relatively young goalie. You got Wool, Scott, Akdiyamov. Like you got a bunch of goalies that are coming up and that are prospects right now in the system. Um, so like, I just don't really see them. You know, I just can't find myself really caring, to be honest, about them losing yeah. a first and two fourths. Like it's just, yeah. I, I like, like I think you can afford it, and you know, like because of them not doing this in previous years, it, it's allowed them to build up that prospect pool. Now they can, you know, they can go all in and mm-hmm. go for it. And this definitely is their best opportunity to. So I definitely, uh, I definitely, I guess, applaud Kyle Dubis for. Uh, you know, just going all out. Yeah. Like you said, like Dubas has done such a great job drafting. Like there's not many teams who I, that I can remember at least who are in the Toronto Maple Leafs position and like ever who uh, mm-hmm. like have a team that can contend for right now and also have the, have the prospects in order to be like contenders for like the next 15 years. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, and that's the thing is like I, I I've looked up um like a lot of the draft writers um specifically off the top of my head uh, Scott Wheeler um he rated their pool at like twelfth like in the league and and that's without any blue chip prospects none of these picks like the earliest pick of that group is fifteenth overall um mm-hmm. like everyone after that is second round picks late firsts all that sort of like they don't have you know top notch 
blue chip prospects. You know, they don't have a, they don't have a fifth overall pick or anything like that coming up the pipe. So for them to have, you know, a top ranked, I'd say definitely in the top half of the league uh, prospect pool and not have anything earlier than a 15th overall pick. Like that's, that's definitely saying something. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just, it just goes to show you the job that Dubas has done since he's, since he's uh, took over here in Toronto and like he, he's kind of righted everything that was wrong when he came in. And like a lot of people like to talk about like the cap situation, but like there is no such thing as a good team in the NHL that isn't close to the cap. So shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, like he's just done a phenomenal job the last two, uh, almost three years now that he's been, uh, He's, he's been uh, leading this team and you're, you're starting to see it come all together now. And like, I've seen a lot of like the analytics people on Twitter absolutely hate this trade. And I just don't, I can't bring myself to like, look at this trade negatively. Like, because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it makes the Leafs better. Yeah. It's a bit of an overpay, but we explained why like they can afford to overpay, overpay for players that will make this team better. But like, it's just like like a lot of people are upset that like oh now i've seen like a especially like the younger analytics like uh people on twitter complain that oh now dubis is only getting gritty guys and and uh the nhl is past a need for that like they said that about like getting thornton bogosian in the off season and now uh bringing in felino and it's just like this was his plan all along. He said it from the start that he was going to focus on building up the talent and the skill of this team first. And then once that's all sorted out, that's when he'll focus on bringing in more depth pieces who can bring the, the that sandpaper and that edge to their game. So I, and like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, like if you remember the, the Dubas and Keefe team that won the, the Calder cup, the, the Toronto Marlies, that was a, that was a, tough team to play against. You did not want to play against them. They were throwing that body around everywhere. They were, they're getting to fights. Like this is, this is like, even the Sioux teams that Dubas constructed. They're teams that are built with a lot of sandpaper and a lot of grit. He's not afraid of that. And I just don't understand why, like this is such a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. And like you said too, um, like, I mean, he's, he's kind of always said this, he's always said, you know, you don't, you don't draft, you don't draft size, but like, you know, you, you can add it in trades later on, you know, you draft the players that Dubas has drafted, right? Someone like Dmitry Vchinikov, um, Rodion Amirov, Nick Robertson, really skilled guys, high ceiling guys that you can then later on move if you need to get someone like a Nick Felino. I mean, they didn't have to, but you know, like same sort of concept, right? It, it, it's someone that you add afterwards. You, they're complementary players um, you add into your group. And so, like, it, 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 I, I know a lot of people, whenever Dubas makes one of these trades, the same sort of thing with Kyle Clifford last year, you know, everyone was all like, oh, he's completely changed philosophy. But, you know, like you mentioned, uh, like, he hasn't. He hasn't at all. Um, it's been the same way all along. Um, you know, maybe uh, some of the players, I'd say, I could take that argument because um, I've heard some people mention that, that, oh, you know, uh, he watched Nick Felino and Riley Nash in Boston uh, for Nash in Boston. And uh, for both of them, 
with Columbus, you know, we watched them shut down the Leafs. So, you know, he wanted to go out and get these players and there might be a little bit of that, but I can't see him like, like I just reject the notion that he completely changed his philosophy um, because of a couple playoff losses. Like, I just, I don't think so. I think it's just, it's always been there. And uh, like, as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, they brought in Rich Clune. Um, like, like just a massive, uh, I, I mean, he's been great for the Marlies, but he's essentially just a grinder, you know, like a, mm-hmm. a sort of plug player. <laughs> I, I, I like to call him when I talk about like him, I like to call him a player coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty much what he is. Right. I mean, now mm-hmm. we just got the captaincy too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the guy plays what, like 10 games a year, if that, and he just, but, but, but they always keep him around. They always resign him just because he's like, such a good presence. And like another thing that Felino brings, like I know this can be like overstated at times and like it mm-hmm. it can get overrated, but like when you have fill up a locker room with like a, a lot of the leadership that that like a lot of these guys bring, like Thornton and Spezza and Simmons and all that, like I don't think you can have too much of that. I've seen some people complain that like, oh, it must be like a, a pretty bad room if you need to keep on adding guys like this. But if you bring in guys that have the right attitude and want to win, I don't think you can have enough of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, There was a graphic I saw earlier today and it showed like all the Leafs that have been captains before. And there was like four or five guys on there. Like that's, I mean, one, that's what? Yeah. 25% of your roster. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's not even that many, but it's really big and it's really good. And the thing is, like all these guys that come in and bring leadership, they're also useful on the ice as well. Like say what you want about about Thornton. Like I understand he's not the player that he once was anymore, but like he still brings like something to this team when he's on the ice, like in the offensive zone, that is. But uh, yeah, (laughs) but like but like he like like if you put these players in situations to succeed, like they're going to be useful players and impact players. Yeah, exactly. And like the thing with Nick Foligno, I mean, he's only 32 and he is like throughout his whole career. He's been elite defensively, Um, you know, never been great offensively, really. But I mean, like like defense is still, you know, that's half the game. Like you have to be good mm-hmm. defensively. So. We have, and like, we have enough of those pieces who can like, like we're not losing anything offensively by having Nick Foligno in the lineup. Like look at the team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we have, I mean, we have a Hyman who's like a more, the more offensively skilled version, I think, of what Felino will bring. Um, but I mean, yeah, like your entire top six is pure skill. Kerfoot brings some. Um, who else? Like Mikheyev can. He just has absolutely no hands. Uh, he can't fire the puck at all. I always um, wonder what his what this season would look like if he didn't have that brutal wrist injury. Yeah, yeah, that is something, right? Like. I mean, he just works so hard. He always drives the net and he just, he just can't tuck it. It's, mm-hmm. it's really sad, but yeah. And, and G, even Jason Spezza guys like that, like they're just, they have offensive skill all across their lineup, you know, adding in a Nick Felino isn't going to, isn't going to mess with the team too much. And it's going to make like the team meant, better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any final thoughts about what you want to say about Felino. I think we pretty, pretty much nailed it in the head as to what he brings and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Or I I don't have anything else. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah. So then uh, I'll say this one because this one's pretty simple. I don't need it in front of me. Um, What was it? Um, Just before it was like 11, 11 at night ish the day before. Well, 11 Eastern time. I know you're in Edmonton, so you have the fake uh, mountain, (laughs) fake mountain time. So, uh, (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, for me, it was eleven o'clock Eastern time here in Vaughan, Ontario, just north of Toronto, and uh, this this one came out of nowhere. Like it wasn't reported by anybody. I think it was just the Leafs PR account that that broke it. Um, yeah. It was uh, the Leafs acquired uh, Big Save Dave David Riddich for a fifth round pick in the. It was the 2022 draft, I believe, right? Yeah, it was a third in the 2022 draft. Oh, a third. Draft. A third, my bad. I'm thinking of another trade right now. They gave up a fifth. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, I'll let you uh, start and give your give your thoughts on this one. So um, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Freddie uh, won't be back for the rest of the uh, – won't be back for the rest of the regular season. Um, I mean, I kind of touched on it. I did write an article, a little – Shameless self-plug there uh, on this, on this in the Felino trade. Um, and you can find those obviously at New Era Leafs. Um, but so I, uh, yeah, so with David Riddich, uh, he's retained about 50% of his cap. So he only costed the Leafs just a bit over a million dollars. Um, and that's before it's prorated, I believe, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just like his mm-hmm. whole year cap. It, yeah. yeah. Prorated, it's much, much less. Um, but yeah, so David Riddich, he's, a really solid goalie. Um, you know, I, I think I think for right now, at least, he'll be a really good backup to Campbell. Um, I did kind of dig into a little bit of his stats, and he seems to give up quite a bit from a goal saved above expected or goal saved above average uh, standpoint. He gives up quite a bit, uh, which isn't great, but, I mean, it's a backup. You don't need him to stand on his head every night. Um, but from quality start percentage, uh, he's pretty good. He's always been around league average at least. So uh, I think he can be a kind of a, I guess a solid stopgap. Maybe I, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but um, for right now, we can kind of be a, just, just a nice little guy that you can plug in there uh, while Freddie is, I guess, off for at least the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what I like about it is that it gives more depth. Like, um, I'm assuming unless Freddie's situation is a lot worse than assume than what we all think it is. I'm assuming that we go into the playoffs with Riddich as the third, which puts Hutchison down to the fourth, which is clutch. Cause I did not want to see Hutchison suit up for a playoff game at all. Like I granted he's been better this year than last year, but then you still see those flashes of last year, Hutchison and you're just like, Oh God, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, this does give the Leafs like some depth and like he's someone who's uh, proven to be like a pretty good backup goalie throughout his career. And like, especially like against the Leafs, of course, like that's another thing too. We don't got to worry about playing, <laughs> playing him anymore, which, which uh, is perfectly fine with me. Cause he just turns into prime Hasek every time he he's playing the Leafs. But, uh, but yeah, like there's nothing to really, to really dislike about this trade. I think a third round pick is, it's fine. Like we went over this before, like the, the we we're full of prospects and stuff. Like it's fine if we give up a third, because especially like if you're going to overpay for something, like if you want to call a third round pick for Riddich and overpayment, it's for a goalie. It's okay. Because like, I see it as like, if you are missing like a third liner or whatever, one goes down, you each team will have a few guys that you can put into that will, that you can plug into the lineup and be fine and all that. Even with like any, with most forwards, you'd think, unless it's like an Austin Matthews knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, knock on wood. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like a third round pick for a goalie, like you don't want to be stuck without a goalie. 
especially in the playoffs. Like, look at what happened with the Avs last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, in yeah, exactly. Like, he, he, even kind of down the stretch here um, in the regular season, right? Like, if Jack Campbell goes down uh, without Riddich, Mm-hmm. It's Michael Hutchinson and Vanny or Vanny Vevelinen. Like mm-hmm. you're just you're just kind of asking to get uh, completely destroyed there. Like going a losing skid mm-hmm. there. Because um, I mean, like you did mention, you know, Hutch has been pretty good overall, but yeah, he's uh, he's been a little rough um, at times, at least at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. There's not really much to hate about it. I like I I like it overall. Yeah, like uh, you just don't want to be caught with your <laughs> without a goalie. So it's just like this is this is clutch in that regard. Yeah, exactly. And also, yeah, like down the stretch too, like Campbell's health this year has been a little suspect, to say the least. So, uh, so uh, this gives the opportunity for him to have more rest going into the playoffs, so he's not asked to like play as many games and all that. And you can even give him nights off too, like just complete nights off, like, like what they were doing with Anderson at the beginning of the season where he's does, doesn't even suit up as a backup. Like you can just have Hutch as the backup while, while Riddick is in that. And like, this does take a load off of that, which is, which is super valuable. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, also the fact that like it's um it's within Canada, he doesn't even have to quarantine. He's available literally tomorrow. He might play tomorrow against against the Calgary Flames. Which how funny would that be? Yeah, that actually. Oh god, yeah, that that'd be kind of hilarious. And I mean, if he plays really well against us, I'm just kind of hoping that you know maybe it's just something about the Leaf. He just plays really well. Whenever there's uh, that blue and white on the ice, he just uh, another level kicks in, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping that that uh, that's the case, especially if he is playing tomorrow. Because um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the Flames will. Will want to try and bury a few on their uh, on their former netminder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It makes me nervous when a when a team plays against their former goaltender though, because they practice with them. No, no. Like they have like those little competitive edges. But I don't know if I look into that too much. But this is also like a, a bit of a non-issue right now. So who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, yeah, th- that did kind of cross my mind too. I mean, they, they practice with them and stuff like that. Yeah. So they know, you know, oh, he's got a weak glove or whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I'll let you take the reins here. Cause there was a, f- there was another, a, f- a few other minor, more minor deals that, that we can touch on. Okay. So the next one was, uh, and these both came after three or they were announced, uh, after 3 PM. So, I mean, obviously they were put in before, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Dubas was definitely going uh, right to the wire there. Um, so the Leafs got uh, Ben Hutton from the Anaheim Ducks for a 2022 fifth round pick. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of give my thoughts on this quickly. Like, I, go for I really like it. Hutton was really good last year. Um, his RAPM charts are a little suspect this year, but overall, you know, he's been a pretty good defenseman over the course of his career. Um, I did kind of watch a little bit of Dubas's press conference and he mentioned Hutton being able to play on the penalty kill and be good defensively, but at least judging by his RAPM charts, he's never really been good defensively. So I'm kind of a little bit like, like I don't really understand what he means there, but um, regardless, I think it's really good depth to have. Um, Cause I mean, on the left side, at least after, uh, Sandine, you 
have Marinson, so I, I think to kind of have a uh, have a gap between uh, between Dermot and Marinson, I, I I'm never against it, pretty much. Yeah, I like I like the depth that they're acquiring for the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, especially if you look at last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning had to lean on Luke Shen quite a bit, which oh yeah was definitely not ideal. But like that just shows you like how many pieces you need to get through a playoff and all that. And if the Leafs want to go and they have aspirations of doing the thing, you gotta you gotta have all those depth pieces in place. And that's what I feel like Kyle Dubas did a good job of this, this, uh, this trade season. Um, mm-hmm. Just getting all that depth because you never know what can happen and you, and you don't want to be caught with your pants down basically. So, uh, so yeah. Um, the only thing is I know we have like, this is just like being a little overly um, what's the word I'm looking for. I, I'm looking too much into it, I think, but mm-hmm. I would have preferred a right shot D because after Bogosian, uh, I think the next right-hand shot is Lilligren. And yeah. I don't think you want to just throw him into the playoffs if need be. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they, yeah, they don't really have anyone on the right side. I was kind of trying to think about that. And I was like, I think the next guy they have is, like, Mac Hollowell, maybe. After uh, Lilligren? Yeah, I think that's like the next guy up probably because oh, wow. uh, he's played some taxi squad minutes. And I know that we've seen uh, Joe Thornton um, buddying it up with him on Instagram and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, like, I, so, I mean, I'm a little worried uh, on that right side, but I hope that at least, you know, maybe Hutton's got some experience. He's played on the right side maybe before something like that. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. Cause yeah. Yeah. Kind of like you mentioned. Yeah. We just, we don't really have much on the right side. And I mean, on the left side, yeah, we have quite a few guys down the line who at least have NHL experience like Marinson, who we don't really want, but I mean, he's, he has he's, played he's at least before. an NHLer. Yeah, exactly. And same with uh, Callie Rosen as well. I personally kind of like Callie Rosen. I don't mind uh, him at all, but yeah, he's just, I, I don't know. He just, he seems like a good puck mover personally. So I'd I just, want him in the lineup over like Marinson, but Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's the thing with this defense though. Like uh, uh, I was thinking about this and I can't remember if I was talking about it with, with you and one of our, one of our group chats, but, uh, but yeah, I was saying like um, if Morgan Riley goes down, I feel like that's a role that Sandine can jump into, especially with a partner like Brody who can like, kind of like keep, keep him in check. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Kinda, like babysit him. Like that's if Riley goes down. Um, so you have that covered, but like, we don't really have like Jake Muzzin replacement. Like we saw how much him going down hurt us in the bubble against Columbus. Like that's just one thing that worries me going into the playoffs. Yeah. For me, I'll be honest, the the way I kind of envision it, and it's really like, I don't know if it's galaxy brained or something, but the way I'd envision it is you get something like, so if Muzzin goes down, you probably send, um, Dermot up. Uh, I guess it's not that galaxy brain, but I was going to say like, you just really blend up the lines. Mm-hmm. And so you have, uh, so you throw Dermot up, you put uh, Brody on that pair with him. Mm-hmm. And then you have Riley Hall. And then you have someone like Sandine Bogosian um, just cause so then you have kind of a more defensively stabilizing mm-hmm. defenseman with your more, I guess, puck moving defenseman. Um mm-hmm. That's sort of the way I envisioned it, but I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you are right though. Like we don't really have a Jake Muzzin type um, at all. 
if this was uh what i'm going to say might be kind of kind of stupid but i was thinking if there was only a way you can like combine uh zach bogosian and travis dermott in, in a lab or something i feel like that would be very close to jake muzzin type <laughs> yeah yeah actually yeah now that you mention it yeah it kind of is um even like in looks i guess too right bogosian's got the yeah, beard there exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so i definitely actually yeah i that's really interesting now thinking about it mm-hmm. yeah uh anyways so yeah anyways uh, we kind of lost the plot here. Uh, yeah. Hutton, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good depth pickup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, and then the final trade, if you you want to uh, want want to give the details on that one. So this one's the real blockbuster. It's uh, it's Alexander oh, yeah. Banov sent to the San Jose Sharks for Anti Suomela or Suomela. I, I'm gonna go with Suomela. I'm gonna go with Suomela. Just uh, more forward depth and uh, Marley's player. That's that's what we got for Barabanov. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it personally. Uh, like, he, he's another guy, yeah, a little bit less, I guess, of a uh, Stephen Nes- Stephen Nesson Nason. What did we see? Yeah, mm-hmm. Nason. Uh, a little bit lesser, I guess, version of him. Um, he's played some games. Doesn't hasn't played a ton, um, but. You know, someone you could slot up if you really are hurting. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, probably just AHL guy. Uh, yeah, you, you have to go far down the depth chart in order to have to be in a pinch to activate him. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Like, like I think um, Barabanov has been in the lineup for a few like the last few games, which I wasn't sure why, I guess this is why they were giving him like an audition kind of thing. And just to see how much they can get for him in value. And uh, this is just one of those things where, where this, where Kyle Dubas is just uh, giving one of his guys a, a chance to succeed elsewhere, just because there, there's not at the end of the day, there's just no room for him in the lineup for bear ban off. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that was kind of my thing. I, uh, I I put out a tweet uh, before the end of the trade deadline where I kind of talked about what I think the lines would be with Felino in them, and I and I was kind of wondering. I was like, man, like like like, what are they going to do here? Like, I, like like Bear Banov's kind of already the odd man out. Like, like you know, like mm-hmm. did, I, I they're already going to have to platoon you know joe thornton wayne simmons so i was kind of like oh are they making a bigger deal they're gonna move like a kerfoot mikhaev engvall type or are they gonna have to move one of the more depth guys you know like barabanov because i'm like there's no way in heck no way in hell this guy makes uh makes it makes a return to the leafs lineup once they're uh once they're fully healthy and everyone's quarantined yeah exactly Uh, yeah and i mean suamela uh he he provides, yeah, pretty much just Marley's depth. Marley's depth, and I mean they've had a uh, they've had a pretty rough season overall. So, I uh, I, I definitely think they could use it. Yeah, and like one thing I want to add is um, this is exactly like I think this is like something great for Dubis to keep on doing, like giving these these players from like the KHL or pro leagues in Europe a, a chance, just because like this is why like the Leafs are like such a, a popular spot for those players, because mm-hmm. even if they don't work out for the Leafs, like Dubas will recognize that, have a, have a conversation with them and be like, listen, you're not going to work here, but I'll still give you a, a chance somewhere else in the, in the NHL. And that's, that's like, 
that's just going to keep on making the Leafs like a valuable uh, or like a spot where these uh, free agents from Europe will want to come and start their NHL careers. If it works out for the Leafs, like, like uh, Mikheyev has and fantastic. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then, then they'll just uh, give them a, a shot elsewhere. Like we saw it earlier this year too, with Miko Lettinen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, he's done this like just all throughout recently, like, or not recently, but all throughout pretty much since he's uh, took over, right? Like you got Josh Levo um, and guys like that even earlier on. They're a little bit of a different uh, different type of player. Um, but I mean, yeah, he, he, he's always willing to, you know, move on guys if, they're, if it's clear that they're never going to get a shot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's good there. Makes some goodwill. Um, it definitely helps. Uh, like you mentioned, you know, bring over guys like Yulia Mikheyev and stuff like that. You know, they're a good track record with these guys. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think you can hate this trade. I know, uh, I know our buddy uh, Spence hates this trade. Uh, calls him the Russian Gretzky, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good trade. I think overall, I guess it's just a, it's just a whatever trade for me. Like there's nothing to, to get upset about at all. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty much the same way. All right. Um, I guess quickly we'll jump into the, the game that just happened against the Montreal Canadians. We're recording after the four, two defeat to the hands of the Montreal Canadians. Um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know. There's like that first period for the Leafs was just like one of the worst first periods I think I've seen them play this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I missed most of it. I'll be honest, but I mean, yeah, I, I did go back and watch the highlights. It was just, it, it was pretty brutal. Um, I mean, yeah, Jack Campbell, I don't know. Yeah. He, he it was probably his worst game, at least this year, probably ever as a leaf, but um, overall, yeah, it just wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a good game. If that's a goalie's worst game, then he's pretty he's pretty damn good. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I mean, he is really good, but yeah, like just because there was a couple. Of stops. I thought he was. I thought he was. He was fine. Like he made a few really big stops uh, too, and all that. Like um, the first goal. I don't know if you saw it. I'm just gonna round that up as a shitty bounce and just like fluke. Mm-hmm. And then like I didn't. Know. Huh? Oh no, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't see the first goal? No, no, I okay. uh, yeah, I missed the first period. Anyways, it was just if you if you go back watch the highlights, you can just round that up, chalk that up to like a bad bounce and like it's just bad luck. But but like yeah, like the the Josh Anderson goal I thought was kind of weak, but but whatever. Like a goalie is going to allow a stinker every now and then, and like and like like I said, if that's a goalie's worst game, then he's pretty damn good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, he is really good overall, right? Like, it's just, yeah, I mean, I mean, even, I guess you can't really take his word for it, because every game he's ever lost, he's, oh, you know, that's on me tonight, blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah. you know, he, even when he wins some games, he's like, oh, the boys really bailed me out tonight. So, <laughs> I mean, you can take what he says with a grain of salt, but it's just the nicest guy ever. Like, I just yeah. want to give him a hug, man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And and I've seen so many people talking about, uh, this is getting kind of off, but talking about us bringing in James Reimer, just be the nicest pair or nicest goaltending tandem in the league. If you had to pick one to say the nicest guy ever, would it be James Reimer or, or, uh, or, or, or Campbell? Oh no. (laughs) I love Reimer. Um, (laughs) 
It's got to be Campbell. I mean, like, Reimer's, like, really nice in, like, an aw shucks kind of way, but I don't know. Yeah, Campbell just seems like a genuinely really nice guy. Like, I don't think Campbell has ever, like, killed a spider before because he'd, like, feel bad. I feel like he'd just, like, he'd, like, take it outside and, like, put it in a tree and be like, okay, buddy, you're home now. (laughs) Yeah, literally, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I've never met a dude who's just so willing to throw himself under the bus for other people. Like, it's insane. And like it's so refreshing too, like to see someone who can still like have that attitude, and especially like all the like what he's been through through like his whole career and stuff too. Like just having that that like positive like state of mind like throughout everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I I read that piece on the Athletic uh, about him, and yeah, just like all the crap he went through, like early on in his career, especially even just from a hockey standpoint, like so brutal and yeah the fact that he is able to keep this really positive attitude is i don't yeah it's a really big testament i guess to his character exactly um uh yeah it's just nice to have those 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 guys in the locker room it has to be oh yeah yeah i mean i'd love that like that clip of uh of mitch martiner counting the wins when he got his 10th his 10th straight to start the season it just like puts a smile on my face, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so nice. Like it's just so touching just mm-hmm. to see that. And I mean, I, I know I, I didn't see the clip of it, but I know Kristen Shilton um, mentioned that Matthews or maybe it wasn't Shilton, maybe it was someone else, but Matthews uh, went up to Campbell that same game and, uh, and just told him that he was so effing proud of him. And that's just like, I don't know. That's so crazy to hear. Like for a guy who's only been here for what, like a year played like 20 games in total for the Leafs, like Mm -hmm. to have the team, like really just love them that much. Mm -hmm. is just, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So, yeah. Um, Anyway, so to get back on topic, the Leafs did oh, not have the, the best. Hey, I'm always willing to gear off topic. If it's a talk about Jack Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so the Leafs uh, had a bit of a stinker tonight. Um, does it suggest anything, or you just want to see how they uh, pick it up against the Flames? I think it suggests that Alexander Barabanov was a big part of this room. <laughs> he was the glue that <laughs> that kept it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Um, no, I mean, no, not really. I, uh, I mean, it's just one of those games. Like you're just. There's going to be some of those games where you just you just don't have it. Um, I mean, they've played so well for so long. Like mm-hmm. you kind of knew it was going to come eventually, but um, I I don't know. I guess Ray Ferraro said it best on the on the broadcast. He's like he's like yeah, it doesn't matter how good of a team you are, you're not going to be great every night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and and people have went through, uh, especially this year, and like shown like some of the skids that the, the, that the lightning went on last year and that I think Washington went on the year before or St. Louis the year before. Well, St. Louis like was that. literally in last place. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you, I mean, even the cup winning teams have, you know, rough skids and have rough games and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, for me, I, yeah, I don't really think there's much to take away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think there is at all. Um, yeah, I think we've touched on everything that we want to uh, touch on everything we want to, want to talk about today. It was mostly just a, a trade deadline wrap up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, tell them where they can find you, Gord. 
Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at RideThePine89. Yeah, go give Gord a follow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JoeyKanji98. And you can give the podcast a follow and at New Era Leafs on Twitter. And over there, you'll be able to find all your latest uh, Leafs uh, content will there's going to be uh, that's where all the articles and stuff on the website are going to be posted and uh, and uh, links to the podcast and all that. And just a, a lot of uh, discussion on there. So be sure to, to follow to keep up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so that's that's it from us today. We will catch you all next week and go Leafs go. And they-